Well, I don't know about you, but I can't believe that we're almost done with our 100 days. And let me just say this kind of as just one of the pastors and elders, I wanna thank you all so much for joining us. Like, I, I hope it's been as instrumental in, in refocusing you upon Jesus as it has been upon me. Now, what we've been doing is we've been trying to spend time in God's word, we've been praying, we've been seeking to put into practice what we've been learning. What we wanted to do is we wanted to dive, not just alone, but also with others, into this process together. And now what I am so excited about, and, and maybe even, I guess if I'm, if I'm honest with you, I'm kind of almost fearful at the same time, is whether or not these rhythms will continue in us. See, were these 100 days of seeing God do a work, were they just a flash in the pan? Or, or will it become now for you and for me this catalyst into a lifestyle that I think God calls us to? I so badly want for our 100 days to be a powerful beginning to, or, or maybe even for some of you, maybe it's a continuation of life that, that places ourselves regularly and corporately in the presence and pathway of God because I know there's so much more grace that God has for us. Now, a while ago, in, in a book I was reading, the author was wrestling with the principle of this, this concept we call practice makes perfect. His argument was that anyone who has ever achieved at, a, at like a, a really high level knows that there is no substitute for practice. Sure, I mean, we've all heard of like stories, right, of people that are just exceptionally gifted or, or maybe people that were able to master a subject or a discipline on their kind of maybe first go at it. But those kinds of people, man, they're the exception, not the norm. For most of us, mastery of something demands hard work and doing the same things over a long period of time. Now, one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to is Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Through his podcast, I ran into a book he wrote called Outliers. In it, what he did was he examined kind of what makes successful people kind of successful. Now, after all of his research into the subject, this is what he learned. He suggested that it takes around 10,000 hours to master something. I mean, just think about that, 10,000 hours. In fact, when you add those things up over five years, it ends up being like full-time work for that entire reality. In other words, what it is, it's a lot of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yet what he argues is, is that there's no way to grow and there's no way to gain mastery without it. Now, a story I remember reading about that I think kind of encapsulates this idea was of the golf great Gary Pay Player. Now, now here's how he told me, and I wanna read it to you. He said this, he said, I was practicing in a bunker down in Texas and this good old boy with a big hat stopped to watch. The first shot he saw me hit went in the hole and he said, you got 50 bucks if you knock the next one in. Man, right after that, I hold the next one, he said. Then he says to me, you got 100 bucks if you hold the next one. In it went for three in a row. As he peeled the bills off, he said, boy, I've never seen anyone so lucky in all my life. And this is what players said to him, 
Well, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. Players said that he, he got this idea from another golfer named, named Jerry Barber, who in turn, and this was what was nutty, he got it from a Cuban soldier of fortune and a sharpshooter. However, his response gets at something that I think maybe, you know, most of us know, which is behind these people who are really good at what they do is a lot of hours and hours of practice. Now, this idea got me kind of thinking about our 100 days and the spiritual rhythms we've been practicing by faith, which now again are, are meant to place us in the pathway in the presence of God. I wondered if this idea of practice makes perfect, you know, translates into the lives of those who are followers of Jesus. Like, is it even biblical? So is it, is it possible, like maybe to put it this way, is it possible to get better at fasting? Is it, is it possible to grow in our generosity, to be more of a servant than we were before, to be better in our prayer lives? And if that's the case, is growth in, the, growth in these areas related to this ongoing practice of them? Put another way, and, and maybe this is how I was trying to say it, is growth in the Christian life like everything else in our lives? Is it just a matter of putting in the hours or, or giving ourselves over and over and over again to the discipline of like cultivating these rhythms in our lives? Is it possible for us to say to someone who displays an overwhelming amount of generosity, just, wow, man, that was incredibly generous, only to hear them say back to, this, to us, you know, the more generous that I choose to be, the more generous I become. No doubt, for sure. Practice alone is important. However, something I've learned about practice that, and even I, I've found that new research is even confirming, is that there's these other kind of almost, maybe we call them intangible elements that are just as important in developing the technique that makes golf or art or business or, or life look perfect. These other elements may include a person's maybe, you know, like their memory capacity or the age at which that someone starts engaging in the activity in which they're doing. But what this means is that while practice makes perfect is maybe inspiring, it's maybe a pithy statement, there's definitely this more required. Practice in and of itself doesn't make perfect. It does, however, consistently make progress. And I really like the idea of progress more than perfection as we talk about these, these rhythms that we've been practicing because I believe that progress in the right direction over time, it creates permanence. And that's what's important. And what, what I want us to see clearly as we, as we end these 100 days, I want these practices to become progressing and permanent for, for all of us. So if we think along the lines of like, progress and, and, and permanence, let's make sure that scripture supports this idea before we just kind of quickly adopt it. Let's make sure we get this idea so that we stay at what God has been doing in our lives. Now, now one passage that has, has recently, I, I would say this, it just really caught my attention was 2 Peter 1, 5 through 10. Now, now what I wanna do is, is I wanna read it to you and then I wanna explore it a little. I want to start in verse 3 to give us a running start, so, so go there with me. Let me, just, let me just read this to you. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, 
by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. Now verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Four, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. So I think it's pretty clear that the Apostle Peter was he, he was very comfortable about speaking about like, things like practices as tending towards permanence in our growth and our progress in our, in our walk with Jesus. However, here's what I want to do. I want to isolate some of these key verses in this text to help you see kind of what I mean, again, so that we can now walk faithfully after these 100 days. Now, now no doubt, and I want to clarify that, these items in this passage are, are character traits that only the Holy Spirit can produce in us as we, as we practice them by faith. But the idea of doing them over and over again, of practicing them, is the key. That's the idea, and you'll see this down in verse 5, when he talks about this idea of for this very reason, he said, I want you to, I want you to make every effort to supplement your faith. Peter knew that practice, the, the, this making of every effort, it must be something that's done over and over again. It wasn't intended just to be for like what we've done, 100 days, but it was something that was to be regular. It was to be a reality, a, a, a whole lifetime endeavor. He wanted the people to keep on doing it, but, but why? Well, in verse 8, he tells us that if these qualities are yours, and even if he throws in this word, and are increasing, in other words, right, here's our word of progressing, he says they keep you in there for becoming ineffective, or even love his word here, or unfruitful. The word keep that he uses down here means to, to set down, to, to keep in place. The truth he's letting us in on is that as effort, which again, only the Holy Spirit provides us, is put into God's prescribed practices by faith, those things now that we've been focusing on for 100 days, they become set and kept in place. And as they become permanent, you avoid becoming ineffective or unfruitful. Or, in other words, you continue to progress. Now, now here's what I believe Peter's arguing. So let me just put this into just maybe, maybe one statement. Practicing what God has asked us to do will produce progress. And progress then will produce permanence, which will in turn produce more progress. Now, now, let me give you an illustration here, just really quick to kind of talk about what I'm meaning. I don't know if you've ever used one of these ratchet straps, or maybe you, sometimes you call them tie-downs before, but I think they show this idea pretty well. Now, the genius of these tools is that each time that you pull on the ratchet, you put effort in, 
the strap slowly is tightened until the device, now you can see this, locks. Then as you push the lever down, it prevents the strap from loosening on you in any kind of a way. It, it locks the strap in place. Now as you do this over and over again, what happens? You slowly progress. You finally get the outcome you want or, or the strap that becomes tight. Now Peter knew that when God's people intentionally and, and again in a spirit-empowered way pulled on the machinery of God's practices by faith, these realities would become set or locked in our lives. And the more and more we pull on the ratchet of God's practices, the more progress will be made. Sure, you know, like a ratchet, right? The, the tension can be released, but by continuing to make progress, we, we create permanence. And by the way, that's cool. However, it wasn't just Peter that taught this truth. A few months ago, if, if you remember, we went through the book of Philippians. In that letter, the Apostle Paul taught us in chapter four that the more and more we give ourselves over to those things that are good and right and true and beautiful and lovely, the more we practice them, the more they then begin to take root in us. They become set as we make progress. And in an intriguing way, and this is important, Paul tells us that we become them by actually doing them. A great example of this is, is from the great American evangelist in the 19th century, a guy named D.L. Moody. Now, this is what he once said, and I, I so appreciate this. He said, I took up that word love, and I don't know how many weeks I spent in studying the passages which it occurs, till at last I could not help loving people. I'd been feeding on love so long that I was anxious to do everybody good I came in contact with. I got, and I love this, full of it. It ran out of my fingers. He said, you take up the subject of love in the Bible, you will get so full of it that all you have to do is open your lips and a flood of the love of God flows out. You see, he chose to put in the effort. He, he pulled on the ratchet of God's practices and it created progress and it locked, it, it, it became permanent. But even more importantly, he became, he became loving by being loving. He became like Christ. Now, what's cool about this is philosophers and theologians alike, right, they've, they've recognized that this is true. The psalmist, take for example there in Psalm 115, he presents this principle when he speaks negatively of those who worship idols. Now, kind of, and here's the gist of it, what he says, he says, look, those who make these idols, they basically become like them. He even talked about, so do all those who trust in them. The writer of Proverbs, again, from kind of a negative standpoint, argued just kind of a similar thing where he said, look, don't make friends with people that are anyway given to anger nor people that are wrathful because what'll happen, he says in there, is that you will learn their ways. You will entangle yourself in their snare. Practice and imitation are the ways that, that we as humans were designed by God to, to learn and grow. More than we realize, I would even say this, our lives are, are, are molded, they're, they're locked in by the things that we choose to, to model over and over again. And it can be for good, which we've talked about, but also in those examples you can see it can be for bad. So in a powerful way, those things we, we give ourselves to over and over and over again, they shape us, which is progress, and make us, which is permanence, 
into their own image. One theologian that I read this week that I so appreciated, a guy named Greg Beale, he put it this way, God has made humans to reflect him. But if they do not commit themselves to him, they will not reflect him, but something else in creation. At the core of our being, we are imaging creatures. It's not possible to be neutral on this, on this issue. We either reflect the creator or something in creation. What people revere, they resemble, either for ruin or restoration. And that's powerful. The more we give ourselves over to these practices or the more maybe we practice the life of the kingdom of God, the more we, we pull on the ratchet of God's practices by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, the more then that those practices, they begin to just take root in us. The more then that as they begin to take root in us, the more they begin to shape us. And the more that they shape us, the more they make us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is obviously perfect in every way. And if you remember, that was the exact idea we began with when we started our 100 days together. So let's go back now to this original question I asked at the very beginning in week one. I asked all of us when we started, who do you wanna be in 100 days? And it's crazy, today is day 99. Have you seen progress? Have you noticed these things becoming more permanent in your life? Do you, maybe, and again, it's sometimes hard to know this, but do you or maybe do others see that you look more like Christ today than we even started? I've heard several stories from many of you about how much God has, has changed you. You've seen Christ formed more and more in you. you. You've pulled on that ratchet of God's practices by faith over and over again for almost 100 days and you've been changed. Let me just say this, don't stop. Don't quit now. Don't unlock the ratchet, but keep pulling on that lever by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a view, and again, it's, there's a mixture of people. You kind of have come up and said, oh, I've kind of been inconsistent. You maybe have kind of seen some change, and you could, if you wanted to, stay in that, that kind of place of kind of continual irregularity in what you're trying to do. And I think that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Or you could start to pull more regularly on that ratchet of God's practices by faith. If you stay in your current state of inconsistency, I think the one thing I've found is that for not only me, but for others, is that we, after a while, just become mired in mediocrity. And you know that's not who you wanna be. But if you seek with, with God's help and the encouragement of other followers of Jesus to, to pull on that lever again and again, you could see that permanence in your life and this new maturity that looks like Jesus. And, and by the way, even as I was prepping this, that's my prayer for you. I don't want anyone to settle. And I also know some of you, you, you never even started. You're in the same place maybe that you were when we, when we first began to kick this off. And I've even heard a few people say that they're even in a worse position. Even as you hear me right now, you may be battling feelings of disappointment or, or guilt, or, or maybe even you're just considering giving up. 
But is that who you want to be? Don't buy into that lie that God can't change you through creating progress and permanence in your life. Instead of giving up, find someone you know well that, that walks faithfully with Jesus and just ask them to help you pull on that ratchet of God's practices by faith. If there's one thing we should have learned in this time together is that we need each other. Like, think about it. This could be the moment when God begins to do a work in you. And I would say this, now is almost always the best time to start. On Friday, as I finished reading the, the reading plan in the book of Revelation, and as I kind of reflected on the last few months, I suddenly stopped after reading what, what God will one day say from his throne in verse five. He said in there, behold, I'm making all things new. Now, if, if I'm honest, I'm definitely not there yet. As my, as my friends and my family can attest, but you know what? After pulling on the ratchet of God's practices by faith and the power of the Holy Spirit for almost 100 days, I realized that promise for revelation has been and is being made true in me. I'm being made new. I'm one of those things being made new, and I love that. I didn't, I don't think, expect that answer, right? When we started this thing to the question of who do I want to be after 100 days? But I think my answer today is, is I'm a new creation in Christ being renewed day by day. And I pray that's true for you, too. God bless you all and have a Merry Christmas.